super excited for, uh, to bring the word today. And um, we've been in a series that Pastor Jabin kicked off last week. Um, you know, in the beginning, uh, at Genesis, God says it is not good for man to be alone. And that's God's heart for us even today. He said it in the beginning and it's true today. Um, you know, we, we believe that God doesn't just save us and then isolate you. He saves you into a family of faith. Come on, he uses people to, uh, to bridge the gap of relationship to help change other people's lives. And that's why we put an emphasis on small groups. We put an emphasis on small groups because it can't just happen here. It can't just happen in rows. It's got to happen in circles. And um, this, this series is going to be life-changing. I think it's going to help your relationships. It's going to help your marriage. Uh, it'll help your, um, your parenting, I believe. And Pastor Jabin's going to talk about all these awesome things during this series. And uh, as I get to my notes, because the internet's slow. No, I'm just kidding. It's because I'm not prepared. That's why. Uh, <laughs> But it's just true. We're better when we do life together. We're better when we do life with others. And you could determine where you are going by looking who's in your circle. That's a perfect depiction of where you're going. And so this is why we're in this series called Show Me Your Friends. It comes from that saying, uh, show me your friends and I'll show you your future. And it's just a powerful thing. My mom used to always say this when I was growing up. She's like, who are your... I'm half Filipino, by the way, so I'm going to put on the, uh, the accent. Uh, shout out to the Pinoys and Pinoys. Hey, um, no, she'd say, who are your five friends, huh? Omar, where are you going in life? Do you have any friends that are, go- that are good friends for you? And it just stuck with me, man. So I really was, at a young age, I was cognizant of who I had around me. And of course, being Filipino, it was just Filipinos. <laughs> um, but it's all good. Um, so today, uh, we're gonna, if you have your Bibles, we're going to turn into uh, 1 John chapter 4 verse 7, and we're going to read through 19. But a little context before we read the scriptures today. This is a letter that John writes. John is one of the um, 12 disciples. He also, he also has an account uh, in, one of the, in the Synoptic Gospels as uh, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. And uh, John has a specific title. John has a reputation that I think would make the other disciples jealous. And that is John is referenced as the disciple whom Jesus loved. Come on, if you were the other 11 disciples, you'd be like, dude, why didn't I get that title? Peter gets like bad mouth Peter, doubting Thomas. He's like, dude, I got the whack titles. But we can learn something uh, from John. I think he had a level, uh, he experienced God's love in a certain way that we can really learn about how to love God. And, um, and yeah, I think that's every one of us, maybe it's our goal in life that, we, that when other people look at us, they say, you know what? That per- God loves that person. You can just, it's evident in his life. God loves Daniel. You know, God loves the, uh, uh, Nate. God loves you. And that in our workplace, people could see our lives and they could see that God loves our lives. And I love that. And I think that's going to be our goal. So today I wanted to talk about how to love God, how to love God. So let's, let's read the scripture and then we'll pray. And then we'll get into the, the meat as uh, I guess people say when they preach. Okay. John chapter 4, 1 John chapter 4, verse 7. There's a lot of scripture. This will be the most scripture a lot of you guys will read this week, so I got you. Um, Dear friends, let us love one another, for love comes from God. Everyone who loves has been born of God and knows God. Whoever d- does not know God, uh, I'm sorry, whoever does not love does not know God, but God is love. This is how God showed his love for us. He sent his one and only son into the world that we might live through him. This is love. Not that we love God, but that he loved us 
and he sent his son as an atoning sacrifice for our, our sins. Dear friends, since God so loved us, we also ought to love others. No one has ever seen God, but if we love one another, God lives in us and his love is made complete in us. This is how we know that we live in him and he in us. He has given us his spirit. And we have seen and testified that the father has sent his son to be savior of the world. So if anyone acknowledges him that Jesus is son of God, God lives in them and they in God. So we know that we rely on the love God has for us. God is love. And we'll just fast forward to verse 19. It says, we love because he first loved us. Jesus, I just thank you for today. I thank you for the opportunity to preach your word. God, would you speak to us? Would we, would we leave here different? Would we leave here knowing who you are? Would we leave here knowing how to love you? And God, I just thank you for everybody here. God, we open our hearts. Speak to us. We are listening. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thank you, Zach. Shout out to Zach. Zach has a small group. Uh, sign up for his group. Cool. Uh, young, young adult men's small group. What? Oh, yeah, men only. Um, uh, any, anyone in here are familiar with Enneagrams? Oh, yeah, all the millennials. Cool. Um, Enneagrams. Uh, okay, well, then I think... In, uh, how do I transition from this? Okay. <laughs> so Enneagrams is kind of a way that we uh, understand other people. You, have, you, you classify yourself, but I found it a little bit confusing because there's just so much, you know, to put, uh, connect the dots and stuff. And so in 1996, there's a guy named Gary Chapman, and he wrote a book called The Five Love Languages. Okay, all, yeah, all the people were like, yeah, five love, I know about that one. Uh, and the, the, if you don't know, The Five Love Languages, it's a book, and we, we actually encourage it. This book actually has revolutionized my marriage. It's revolutionized the way I relate with my friends and things like that. So feel free. Gary Chapman, The Five Love Languages, uh, Amazon Prime. Um, <laughs> the premise of this book is that we identify uh, with a primary love languages, with a, with a primary love language, and there, there's five of them. Uh, as I read these out, I would uh, beseech you to, if you don't know your love language, maybe think about like, oh, that is my love language, if, if you really think about it. Or your spouse, that's my spouse's love language, amen. And I'll just, that right there will help you in your marriage. Um, uh, but even uh, your relationships and stuff like that. So the first one, we have words of affirmation. Words of affirmation. My wife is a words of affirmation person and it's cool because it's free. Uh, straight up, she just needs... Uh, a few, you know, I love you, babe. I appreciate you. And then tears start to fall. It's pretty sweet. Uh, secondly is quality time. Quality time. Uh, quality time is really dependent on the person because uh, sometimes some of our spouses here, quality time is legit Netflix and chill. Spouses, Netflix and chill. Um, just want to clarify. Um, Others, other married couples here, or even, you know, how, how you like quality time is like, no, I love going to coffee shops and just com conversing with one another, or I need a fancy dinner. That is quality time. So that's quality time. Uh, third is gifts. Amen. Gifts. I'm a gifts guy, but I'm also picky, so it doesn't work too well with me. Uh, I would say Pastor Jabin is also a gifts guy. And I say that because not all of you guys give him gifts, but because he tends to buy people gifts. It's just like what he naturally does. And that's kind of how you even identify. Oh, I find myself actually always going out of my way to say I appreciate people if you're a words person. Number four is acts of service. Acts of service is, hey, babe, I got the car. I put gas in the tank. I filled it up. I got a car wash. I swept and mopped. Uh, all right, what are we doing tonight? 
Um, acts of service, just simply thinking about, you know, taking a load off for somebody uh, and just thinking about them that way. And then the fifth thing is physical touch. Everybody here shouldn't say amen, but everybody say amen. Physical touch. Um, I think that's a lot of guys, actually. Uh, they're, they're physical touch people. Um, but, but I believe, like, really, these five love languages can really help you in all the relationships in your life. It can help you relate to your parents. It can help you relate to your friends. And, you know, me and Amanda are new parents. We've been parents for about 10 months. Uh, shout out Ruby Grace. Um, and, um, and, and we want to figure out what Ruby's love language is because we want to love her the way she receives love. And funny story, early in our relationship when we first got married, legit, I didn't know about this. And, and it's just funny when you get revealed to the love languages. Uh, you're like, oh, dang, I, I'm not that good at being a husband. Um, I literally would go around the city and buy Amanda Jordans from Craigslist. And, you know, I'm like, babe, I got you some fresh J's because everybody loves Jordans. I love Jordans. And I, usually I would hand those to her with like a, a fresh note and say, baby, I, I love you. I appreciate you. Here's some J's. She would open up the letter, cry, look at the Jordans, be like, those are all right. And then put them off to the side. But on the same token, Amanda would be one who would write notes on uh, my mirror in the bathroom before work or like put a sticky note in my car. Actually, she's, she's so much a words person on our wedding day. She handed me a box with letters to her husband that she wrote in high school. That's a words person right there. <laughs> but if I could be straight up, I think inherently we are all selfish. That's just the reality. And we tend to love people the way we want to be loved. And I would say it'd be selfish. It'd be selfish of me if, five, you know, six years of marriage, I just kept trying to buy her Jordans and think that it, this was my way of communicating love to Amanda. And, um, and I think that would be, that'd be I wouldn't, it wouldn't get me anywhere because it wouldn't uh, be received by her. If there's something about love is that it's a two-way, a two-way street. There's, a, there's a, a giver and a receiver. That's what love is. And if I could be honest, and I'm going to be honest a lot t- today, if I could be honest, I think that's how we are with God. I feel we love God the way we want to love God. We tend to make our way of loving God because of whatever we think that is. And there is a way we can love God and a way that we can love God that he receives it. And that comes with a few things that uh, I think could help you. I'm going to have three points today. Uh, but Omar, are you saying that I can't love God like the way I, and he won't receive it? No, I'm just saying Amanda just wouldn't appreciate it as much if she had 30 pairs of Jordans. I can just write her notes and it would, it would go volumes. Um, and just, a, I think a, a plug is just that if we just keep doing what nat- is natural, like it's just my natural tendency to do something, it kind of removes the heart out of it. And, I th- and that's, that's the whole relationship with God is he wants our heart. And we have to inconvenience our way of receiving love and our, our way of showing our love to God. And so three things on how to love God Three things on how to love God. Number one, we love God by knowing God. We love God by knowing God. That's our vision statement. You could know God. That's our heart, that that we can all learn about God together. I mean, like, it is awesome. We could know God on a personal level. He He is big. He is infinite. But yet he wants to know us intimately. He wants to know us. He wants us to know him in a way that we can make the decisions for ourselves. That we don't have to come here Sunday after Sunday, Pastor Jay been trying to convince you to know about God. Don't limit your knowledge of God to just Sunday, friend. You got Monday through Saturday to learn about God. And 
I believe it's just, it's, it's our heart. It's, it's God's heart for us to want to make the decision for ourselves. Like, God, I want to love you. And, and God has given us reasons to love him. But you can find that in a special book called the Bible. And unless you learn about him, you don't know how to love him. I, I mean, I could probably attest for some, and, and I get it. It's natural and it's okay. But I would say dads probably think that loving God is working really hard for your family and providing for your family. I would attest that's my dad's probably testimony is like, he just works really hard. And he's like, I'm doing this because I love God. And I think this is showing him that I love him. In reality, that's, that's just his way of wanting to love God. Um, but he's not taking time to learn about God. We don't, we don't take time during our week to learn about God. And it, to know God is to love God. To know God is to love God. Pastor Jabin does not have to be the only person who knows God. We too can know God for ourselves. Um, Philippians chapter three, verse eight. Uh, this is Paul writing and he's in a prison. Uh, Philippians, he, he's, he's writing a thank you note to the Philippian church in prison. And I, I love this. I think this will help you get over why potentially you don't maybe put uh, a, a effort into no, wanting to know God for yourself. Indeed, I count everything as lost because of the surpassing worth of knowing Christ Jesus, my Lord. For his sake, I've suffered the loss of all things, count them as rubbish, in order that I may gain Christ. In order that I may gain Christ. I love it. Surpassing worth of knowing Christ. Paul put a value on his ability to know Christ. And that's because he knew that my ability to love, to know Christ is my ability to love God. You will want to know Jesus when you value knowing him more. You will want to know Jesus when you value knowing him more. I think some of us probably, before we came to church, saw our Bible and, you know, like the, the counter and you're like, let's, let's go to church. Uh, some of us left it in our car since last Sunday and because of the heat, it's like this now. And you're like bringing it to church. Nah, son. Uh, I listen to Pastor uh, Chris Hodges. He's a pastor out in Birmingham, Alabama. And he's always, he tend, uh, occasionally will share this kind of like idea. He's like, if somebody offered you a billion dollars and took away your ability to read God's word, would you take it? It's quiet in this room because all y'all would take it. <laughs> Just messing. Um, but isn't it true that you heard a billion dollars and you were like, whoa, that's a lot of money. And I, I mean, yeah, I mean, the value is obvious. I think we just need to place a higher value in knowing Christ. Because if you take away my ability to know God and learn about God, you take away my ability to love him. And I value that at the highest level. And so, no, I will not take that offer. Uh, you know, I love it. In, in Psalms, it says, one day in your presence is better than a thousand elsewhere. One day in your presence. For all my entrepreneurs, the ROI on spending time with God is a thousand X. Uh, when you spend time with God, you get way more in return. And I believe that that's comes with us knowing God. So, so what are what's some things we can do? How can I know God uh, for myself, Omar? I got you. Actions. Here, you can learn about God. I'm, gonna, I'm just going to say by reading your Bible. Um, if I could be honest, like I said, I was going to be honest a lot. We tend to not read this because it's like, I don't, I just don't know. I just don't know. I don't know how to. I didn't know how to change the oil in my car, but I figured it out. You know, I, did, I, didn't know how to, I didn't know how to cook breakfast, and I just learned how to cook breakfast. When we place a necessity on something, we will learn about it. 
and we'll do whatever it takes. On the contrary, it's, it, we don't want to create a community where you just have to figure it out. And that's why you get plugged into groups. Groups, we talk about God's word. And also you could learn about God by him using somebody else's experience to see what he did in their life to encourage your life. And on the contrary, you, ought to, you could help somebody else in their life. Um, just a practical, thing, a practical app you can download is the uh, Read Scripture app. It's called the Read Scripture app. I think many times we, get, uh, we, we stop ourselves from reading God's word because it is, um, it's just a lot. We don't know where to start. But what's cool about the Read Scripture is it literally shows an illustration of like, yo, before you read this, this is what's kind of happening. Uh, it's this and this, this guy did this. All right, have fun reading. And now you have context and you can know what you're reading about. Uh, another way is uh, devotionals. Uh, devotionals on anything you're going, you can literally, there's devotionals on business, there's devotionals on hope, you know, if you're going through a, spe- a certain season, but a de- devotionals help you know God. Um, books, incredible books on certain titles. And I would say get discipled. Um, dis- shoulder tap somebody you feel like you hold in high respect because they love God and say, hey, can you teach me how to love God? I want to know this. And this will all, I believe, come when we place a high value at wanting to know God. Amen? Amen. Secondly, way we, how we can love God is we love God by loving people. We love God by loving people. Uh, when you love people, you love God. Period. When you love people, you love God. You know, John is actually writing in this letter to a group of Christians who have separated themselves from the community and they believe that they didn't need the community, they didn't need the relationship to, know, to, to learn about God and grow in their faith. And that's what's so cool about this, this letter is he's just kind of, it's just black and white. It's like, you either love people and you love God or you don't love God. It's a direct correlation. You cannot separate the difference. Um, this is, this all I need is Jesus mentality is, is not biblical. Uh, we need Jesus and everything he said we needed. We need Jesus and everything he said we needed. Come on. He said we needed community. It's not good for life to do alone. Come on. I put a people around you, a community of faith. Anybody grateful for this community of faith that he wouldn't let us do life alone and we can love people. We can serve people. But loving people requires some things. It requires awkwardness. It requires commitment and requires understanding but our revelation of God's love for us is manifested in our love for people. Our revelation of God's love for us is manifested in our love for people. John 13, 35 says, let me, this is Jesus speaking. Let me give you a new command. Love one another in the same way I've loved you and you love one another and uh, you love one another. This is how everyone will recognize that you're my disciples. When they see the the love you have for one another, that literally it's not, when you quote all this scripture, they're going to realize that you're my disciple. You know, when they see that you pray all day long, they're going to recognize that you're my disciples. No, he says, when you love one another, they see that you are my disciples. We love people and we love people because we love God. Luke 10, 27 says, love the Lord God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your strength and with all your mind and love your neighbor as yourself. We put a period after that first part, don't we? Uh, it, it's in the same breath does he say, love God and love people. There is, there's not an emphasis here. 
the emphasis is we love God and we love people and we love people because we love God. If I could uh, share a quick story. Uh, in, in 2011, I got saved. I got you know, radically saved. God filled me with the Holy Spirit and I just made it a point. I'm just going to follow you all the days of my life. It wasn't three years till after that did I want to, um, that, I, that I prayed a prayer that really changed my perspective of people. And there, there's a scripture in Matthew 9, 36, where it says, Jesus looked into the crowd and compassion filled his heart. The prayer I prayed was, Jesus, give me the compassion for the crowd. I want to be able to see people outside of the context of knowing them and just be able to love them. That's a prayer that I think some of us could pray even uh, today. Pray this. God, help me love people more. Help me love people more. Let me see people the way you see people. Pastor Brian Houston from Hillsong says, compassion is not an option. It's just not an option. So what can you do to love people? Love your coworkers. Be nice. Uh, love your family. Call your mama. I'm preaching to myself. Call your papa. Uh, people who have wronged you, you can love them. Uh, in Corinthians, it, it talks about love and love is patient and love is kind. Um, you know, the, the, the direct, the, the, the translation of patience is the ability to be wronged and not retaliate. When I begin to think about my life, how many times have, has God, have I wronged God and he's just waiting for me and said, he's, I love him still. I'm going to wait. Our ability to be wronged and not retaliate. Here's a really, really practical way to love people. Get on a serve team, everybody. <laughs> Get on a serve team. Serve people. Serve the house of God with the things that God has gifted you with. Our next steps is designed to reveal those things in you so that you can get on a team that really you just can use your love language to love on people. Uh, get on a serve team. Thirdly, as my boy Zach comes up, uh, how we love God. We love God by loving him second. We love God by loving him second. We love in response. We don't love to get a response. Everything about our Christian walk is always in response. You could do the Christian thing and try to beat God to things and you will run yourself dry. So always do it in response. It says, the, uh, John writes, we love because God first loved us. Everything about our love for God is in response to what he's already given us. This is not performance-based. Come on, you don't have to earn it. You don't have to work for it. God says, I love you. Before you do anything, I love you. Oh, and even though you did that, I love you. I don't, it doesn't matter. God loves us first. And that can help our perspective with the other two things I just talked about. If we, if, if we are responsive to God's love for us, we can easily love people. We can easily want to know him because we're so captured by his love. Our love, of, our love for God is not out of obligation, but it's out of adoration. So before God says anything about you, he says, I love you. This relieves the pressure. I don't have to do anything for God's love. And that helps, that helps me look at other people and see if God can't put a reason for us to love him, how about we extend our love for people because we don't need a reason. We love them because God first loved us. And as I close, I, I love this about Jesus. Uh, God literally has designed his way to reach us, I believe, by 
reaching us with our what love language. That, that Jesus literally fulfilled all these ways of, of how we receive love. Um, words of affirmation, words of affirmation. The word became flesh, he dwelt among us. Jesus came and he walked the planet. Quality time, he spent three and a half years with 12 men, all day, every day, three and a half years with 12 men. And if I could attest, I've never met with God and he not met with me. Can anybody attest that anytime I've ever met with God, he has showed up in my situation, in my circumstance, he showed up, quality time, gifts. Acts 2.38 says he has given us the gift of the Holy Spirit. I would say that's kind of the one I hold tight to me because when I got saved, I felt changed. I knew I was no longer leading my life, but I'm gonna live with the, the leading and guiding of the Holy Spirit. Come on, is anybody grateful? Come on, for the leading and the guiding of the gift given to us in the Holy Spirit. Acts of service, miracle after miracle. Come on, Jesus performed miracle after miracle. He says, I got a house that I prepared for you with many rooms. He's setting us up with acts of service. Physical touch. What, Jesus physical touch? Yes, friend, Jesus walked this planet physically. He physically healed people. He physically walked with people. He was physically beat. He physically raised from the dead, physically ascended, and he beat hell, death, and the grave. Come on, death, where is your sting? I am grateful we, we serve a God that's not just spiritual, but he has done the physical in order to reach us in the spiritual. Come on, can anybody give a good shout? I'm grateful for God's love for us, that we would be able to love God. Amen. So it's out of response. This will game change your walk with Jesus. If you live in response to the love that God has for you, burnout comes when you start beating God to the game of love. You lost before you even tried, friend. Let's live in response to God's love. 